0: Welcome to the Odyssey Podcasts. This is Jean Cavellos, Director of the Odyssey Writing Workshops Charitable Trust. Odyssey is a nonprofit with the mission of helping writers of fantasy, science fiction, and horror improve their work. To fulfill our mission, we offer a six week workshop each summer in New Hampshire, online writing courses and webinars each winter a critique service and consultations year-round, and many free resources, including these podcasts. Please consider making a donation to Odyssey so more writers can build their skills and realize their dreams. We can only continue each year with the support of donors like you. For more information on Odyssey, visit odysseyworkshop.org. Podcast 126 is an excerpt from the question-and-answer session of Barbara Ashford at Odyssey 2012, in which she discussed using her theater experience to enrich her fiction writing. The text of this recording is copyright 2012 by Barbara Ashford. The sound recording is copyright 2020 by Odyssey Writing Workshop's charitable trust. With this, our 126th podcast, Odyssey marks 13 years of offering lecture excerpts by top writers, editors, and agents. A total of over 29 hours of concentrated, expert writing advice. I hope you're finding these helpful. If you haven't yet made a donation to Odyssey, please consider making a gift so we can continue to offer these podcasts along with all our other programs. We can't do it without your help. Thank you. Do
1: have seen words on the page when you're just writing. Do you, does it come out fully formed in perfect
0: sentences or do you just throw the ideas at
1: the page? And like back? Athena right, emerging from Zeus's head. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> I I tend to just try to get it out there. And as I said, for me, dialogue is the way in. And the other thing that I find, it's sort of a leftover from my theater days, I do a lot of improv, particularly in dialogue scenes. I'll sit on the sofa, I'll play all the parts, I'll do all the voices, it's, you know, you don't want to walk through it that time. I mean, my husband has, he's like, oh, sorry. (laughs) But what that does is A, it gets me away from the computer, B, I just find it's more immediate. It's more, as we actors say, in the moment. Um, but even just having like a keyboard and a, and a screen is that much more removed from the immediacy of, you know, call and response, question and answer. So when I'm just sitting there playing all the parts, it, it is immediate. It do, and it goes in directions that I didn't expect. Um, and I've had that happen more than once. In Foxfire, for instance there was, it it was a scene where I knew I had to show the scene because it is kind of a pivotal scene. The kids run away from home. He's found the trickster god. He's going to go off with the trickster god. Mom and dad and older brother go after him to say, please don't go with the trickster god. Well, of course, he has to go with the trickster god because otherwise there's no story. But everyone's going to like say, well, he has to go with the trickster god or there's no story. So, And it was in the course of doing this improv, because I wanted to get some tension into the scene, it was in the course of doing this improv that the trickster uh, just came out with a secret in my voice. Um, And it shifted the entire scene because the secret was about the older brother. And as a result, the scene shifted to Kirith. It wasn't just his younger brother leaving home at the end of it, but Kirith also deciding he was going to leave home because of the secret and the betrayal that his mother had done years earlier. So at the end of this scene the family is sundered. Um, We don't know if they're going to get back together again. We don't know if the, the, the guilt and the resentment and the betrayals, how they're going to influence them, both in terms of how they interact with each other and the choices that they make regarding the world. So that, I think that's the most dramatic kind of improv that I've done, which has really been a oh quick now let me try to remember how it happened and i think i think sometimes it's those intuitive kinds of uh brainstorming whatever you want to call it i mean you can analyze you can analyze you can analyze but sometimes trying a different technique jolts you out of your usual groove and lets stuff flow that you didn't expect
0: well i have a theater background as well and um I'd love to hear that like, uh, you put that into your writing. How has your experience in the theater kind of helped your writing? Are there things that you feel you know, that that helps
1: illuminate when you sit down to write? I, I, well, I think because, you know, in the theater... Or, or, were you acting or were you behind the scenes? Uh, or?
0: Musical theory, I would say.
1: Okay. Um, I, I think it, it, it has helped me. I, I think my strength as a writer is character, and I think part of that is because that's what you do when you're in a play. You have to portray this person, so you have to get to know that person well. You have to know, you know, how, how does she feel at this moment? How, you know, how does she move? How does she talk? How does she show emotion or whatever? So I, I think it's really helped me in that sense. Um, I, I, I actually think writing for musical theater has made me a better writer of fiction, and vice versa. Um, I, I, I think you can learn an awful lot. I mean, just like a, a, a scene in a book has to have a beginning, middle, and end. It has to have a change for the character. So does a scene in musical theater. So I, I think you know, one played off the other a lot. In fact, in Spellcast, I was actually going to use as the entre um snippets from the play that Rowan Mackenzie, who's the love interest, was supposed to be writing but it was too jarring to go from you know novel to play script so I bagged that but in the course of of thinking about it I got so excited that I basically wrote a one-act musical in like four days and that was really fun it was really fun to go back to that which I hadn't done for years and years and years and I I think you know the fact that it, it came out of me with such ease is a measure of the years in which I had written for musical theater and and also writing for writing for fiction that it just it felt it felt right. So at some point or other, maybe I'll do something with that. Asked about um, writing for the theater and you
0: know so much it's it's the dialogue right that you need to focus on. So
1: um, um, yeah,
0: stage direction and stuff too. Much. But um, I wondered. You know, if that gave
1: you some particularly good insights about how to write dialogue. Um. Um, I, I, I think mm-hmm. from from speaking lines on stage and being an actress and making the lines mm-hmm. my own to the transition of, you know using using dialogue and lyrics um, because I was writing mostly musicals, it, that's the primary way in which you convey. The message. So I think the combination of those two m- has always made me feel more comfortable, um, you know, writing dialogue than anything else. Um, I-, I think, you know, interestingly, I struggled a lot with plot in in Hartwood. I also struggled in my first musical because I I had a plot. It was it was Thomas Hardy's plot from The Madding Crowd, but translating that to uh, you know to the stage you have to think about different things. You have to think about, okay, does she need a costume change here? You've got to cover it. Um, you know, is there going to be, uh, a, you know, new, a new setting, so therefore you need to uh, figure out how the furniture is going to come in and out. I didn't even think about those things. It was like, oh, you do that. <laughs> I'm just going to write it. Now you make it work. Um, you know, so I, I, you know, now I think I'm a little bit, a little bit better at doing that. Um, but again, it helps having seen some of these shows and having had directors pulling their hair out and saying, how are we gonna get from here to there when we have two seconds to do it? So I understand you're going to <clears throat> talk about emotion in characters. I wanna know if you have some ways that you work to make someone cry. I, I, think, I think the most important thing, and that's something I've actually gotten a lot. I just love it when people say, oh, you made me cry. Um, I think it has to do with creating a believable character and somebody that people care about Um, because otherwise they're not going to care about the person and they're not going to be rooting for them, they're not going to be wanting things to turn out right for them. I tend to write my big moments um, which is sort of another leftover from my years in theater. I tend to think of them in, in musical theater terms, so like the the early chapter is often what we call in musical theater, the I am, I want song, which is essentially, here I am, here's what I want, and I'm going to sing about it. <laughs> um, the, uh, you know, the 11 o'clock number is the big, you know, the big climax, the, 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 the highest point of emotion, the highest point of tension, the final resolution. Um, and the power ballad is, you know, same as a power ballad in, you know, all the, you'd hear on the radio. But, you know, I think for me it comes down to making a character believable. Um, and, and if the character is believable and if the situations and the choices that you give this character f- feel real, then I, I think that's the, the first step in, in building a relationship between the character and the reader. The interesting about, thing about Spellcast, it was very it, it's, the, it's Of all of my books, it's been the easiest one to write. And I think part of that is because I put so much of myself into Maggie. I basically cannibalized my life for Maggie. I gave her my series of jobs. I gave her the different anecdotes from the theaters I work with. So it, it, for me, it was very easy for me to write that character. Um, and when I finished Spellcast, when I wrote those final words, Welcome to the Crossroads, you know, I, I sat back and I said, well... Shad, <laughs> now it's supposed to end, um, but I realized that that was the ending that the book needed. Maggie wasn't in the same place that she had been in at the beginning, Maggie's emotions weren't the same, she'd gone through a lot of change and it was the right ending for the book, which I'm glad to say that most readers agree with, because it's not your typical, well I don't, I don't tend to write happy endings <laughs>
0: The text of this recording is copyright 2012 by Barbara Ashford. The sound recording is copyright 2020 by Odyssey Writing Workshops Charitable Trust.